Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Cliff Hayden. Thanks for being on the show, Cliff. Thanks, Whitney. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Cliff is a real estate investor. He's the founder of ShowMeTheRental.com, an online software that automates the most difficult part of the property management, and that's a finding and screening qualified leads. After quitting his day job to pursue real estate investing as a career, Cliff grew tired of taking hundreds of calls and emails from unqualified leads just to find that one good renter. When he couldn't find a better way to manage leads, he built it. Since developing Show Me the Rental, Cliff is able to focus on his business and let the website manage the leads so that he can spend more quality time with the people he loves. Tell the listeners a little more about who you are. I want us to be able to dive into some ways that we should be qualifying tenants and even your program and how that works. Okay. So basically, I am happily married and father of five beautiful kids. And so with five kids, we got a lot of moving pieces, not only in the business, just in life. We always got practices or things going on, which takes up a lot of time. The quick gist was it is I was spending too much time in my business and not enough time. Not, I had my priorities out of whack. I was not spending enough time at home with my kids and kind of working too much. And so for the last five or six years, I developed systems, different lifestyle choices that I've made to make my life a lot funner. I know it's not a word, but it's my word. So life's a lot funner now because I've kind of built a lifestyle around my life and not my business. That's a little bit about me. That's awesome. And, and I mean, that's entrepreneurial right there, right? You know, I mean, you created systems to get your priorities back in check, to be able to create more time where you wanted it, which where a lot of us do is at home and with our families. You're tired of taking hundreds of calls and emails. You couldn't find a better way to manage leads, so you built it. I mean, that's entrepreneur at its best right there. I guess give us a little history to the maybe some of the frustrations you were having. You're managing, trying to get these units rented, that types of things. You know, all these calls, hundreds of calls. What this system does and some things that we should be doing, even if we don't have a system like this. Okay. Great question. And so the biggest problem I had with my business, I come from kind of lower middle class. And so money was always the goal when I first started in real estate. So I thought, man, if I had a million dollars, if I had this many houses, if I did all this stuff, everything was magically going to take care of itself. Well, I got pretty close to all that stuff and I was miserable. My home life was miserable. So like I said, I had five kids. So I was providing for my family, but I really wasn't providing for my family. So I would work all day, come home at night. We sit down and eat dinner. My phone's ringing. I'm getting text messages. I'm getting emails. My wife's getting pissed off at me because I'm not eating dinner. I'm answering phones and blah, blah, blah. And she's getting mad. And I go, do you see this food on the table? Is how we get it here. And just nonstop conflict back and forth. And I've been going, there's got to be something better than this. We noticed we had empty rental houses. We kept asking the same questions over and over. And ours were, how long you been in your job? Where do you live now? How much is that current rent? How much money do you have in the bank? We would ask certain questions over and over. And if they didn't have the right answers, we just shoot them down the road. And so we would spend all kinds of time pre-screening people that weren't qualified to see our houses. And so thought, you know, there's got to be something out there I can just buy that does this for us. I could not find anything I could buy because I looked and I looked because I did not want to create this because it's a job. It's another job I didn't want to do. And there was nothing out there. And I thought, you know, people will pay a lot of money to get their time back. I watched the Avengers. I took my kids are big into the Avengers Endgame. 
And one of the quotes in that was, all the money in the world can't buy a second of time. I spent my last several years figuring out how to get my time back because that's why we're doing all this. And so I learned that if you don't have a lot of debt and you have a good team in place, people you trust, high integrity, you don't need that much money to do what you want to do. There's not much different than having 10, 15, 20,000 a month than having 50, 60, 70,000 a month. If you have no debt and bringing in that kind of money, you can live a pretty comfortable life, depending on what your spending habits are. But for the average person, you can do pretty well with that kind of money coming in. And so I've spent the last, like I said, five or six years developing those systems, those syndications like show me the rentals so I can have time at home every day at three o'clock to get my kids off the bus and do homework with them and spend time. And we go on vacations all summer long now because my wife works for the school board. And so that's the gist. That's kind of what my business and my life's about now. Awesome. Now, I, I love how you mentioned that you pretty much made that the money goal. You know, you said, okay, if I have this much money, blah, 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 this is what could happen. But you reach that and then it's like, you're still miserable, right? Yeah. What now? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What was supposed to change once I hit that goal? Well, it's just either more complicated or it didn't do what you really thought it was going to do. I think a lot of us have probably lived that and experienced that too. Our priorities didn't get out of whack and and we think, well, what are we really doing all this for? So you found you were taking all these calls, you were trying to screen all these tenants, managing these properties. You know, so help us, I guess, to better screen a tenant. Some of the questions that we should be thinking about as we're screening tenants, could you just walk us through some of those? Help us create a system also. So when I tell everybody, my system's going to be different than your system. Everybody's strategy is a little different. Everybody's end game's a little different. So for me, you heard me talk before about my lifestyle. So what we do now is I buy nice rental houses in nice neighborhoods. You all do commercial, but we buy certain types of properties that we want because we can attract certain types of clients that we want. And what we want is a long-term customer. That applies to commercial property as well. (laughs) Okay. We base our screening criteria on financial, their lifestyle plans, their lifestyle in general also. And then we ask them pointed questions that we know are going to get them into our houses. One of our number one things is, will you sign a three to five-year lease? So we don't do anything less than three-year leases anymore. And we try to do longer than that, depending on what's going on. And we want to know their history. So how long you've been at your current residence? That's a big deal. If we show you're moving every year or two, I don't want you. Because if you stay in my house for a year and move, I just lost money. Because by the time I go and fix it up and it's off the market, I just lost money. I want somebody who's going to stay for a while. And then we treat our customers very well. So when something breaks, we're there. We set our houses up. I feel like we got a lot of higher end rentals. We put granite in our kit, our, our houses now. We put nice bathroom fixtures. I mean, everything in there is really, really nice. And that way we can attract those nicer quality leads and quality customers. And that makes me be able to leave for the summer and go travel with my kids and not have to worry about silly phone calls. And our strategy, a big one is, I like to say, is our customers, we want rent to be their first priority. Not their third or fourth or fifth priority. We want rent to be every month. That's their first bill they're going to pay. That's how we set up our houses now. How do you train that mindset that rent is the first bill that they pay? I look at previous landlords, what their history was. In our town, we get on sheriff's websites. We can see any kind of forcible detainers. Facebook, you got so much social media now. People don't know how to control it yet. I mean, it's still chaotic. And so Twitter, Facebook, Google, you can find a lot of information about people and who they're hanging out with, what kind of stuff they got on their Facebook page. And that says a lot about who they're going to be. Okay. We do a lot of that type of looking into people. Sure. So it's really their their habits that you're looking at beforehand that are going to help to know whether 
they're going to be somebody that's their rent's going to be their top priority or not. And we're in big school districts. I'm trying to think of other things. We, we do certain school districts in our town that have the better school districts. And we know that when we had houses in there, those people are going to stay for a while and they're going to pay because they want their kid to be in that school. So they're not going to screw that up. So that's another issue we do on where we buy houses, at certain locations, because there's some sought after areas in our town that have some good schools and people want to be there. So you said you'll do nothing less than a three-year lease. And so can you raise that rent during that time or are you stuck to that for three years? So here's what we do. Again, back to my lifestyle. So I had trouble back in the day of doing rent increases every single year. We had too many houses and I didn't have the staff in place at that time. And so what I do now is we make our houses very nice. So when you're looking at a rental house in our, any competition we have in that neighborhood, I feel very confident mine's going to be nicer than yours. And so we're going to up the rent 150 to 200 bucks right now in our market. We get it very easily. And then what I tell everybody is if, if you don't miss a payment for the first two to three years, I want to say two years, we will not raise your rent. So if you're late in that time frame, we are going to raise your rent that first year. But if you pay on time, you ain't got a hassle with you, I ain't got to track you down, I will not raise your rent. You're good for two to three years. And then from there, we raise them after that when we renew the leases. That's interesting. I've never heard anyone have that take on it. Yeah, just because we raise it up front. So there's no difference. We still got it. Um, There is no difference. And we just want to make sure you pay on time. It won't bother you. I will not raise your rent. You're set for a couple of years. So what are some mistakes when screening tenants that are maybe uncommon? Obviously, we're dealing with management companies. And I mean, you have firsthand experience in this. What are going to be some of the mistakes uh, that I should be watching out for as my management company or our screening tenants? So my number one thing is, I'm not knocking renters because I was a renter too. I think it's just a cycle you go in, but I want to make sure you get money in the bank. I think that's a big, huge deal. So I want to make sure you're responsible, that you're not living check to check, the red line, and you're not, as soon as your car breaks or something bad happens, you're not going to have money to pay. I want to make sure you make good money and you got a reserve account at all times, two to three to 4,000 sitting in a bank account. If you do, then I know you're responsible. If something was to happen, you're still going to be able to make it. You're not going to try to figure out how you're going to pay your bills this month. So that was a big aha for us. Okay. I mean, so that's a very different type of renter than say somebody that's renting just your, your average $30,000, $50,000 house, right? Yeah. So anymore, we're into a hundred dollars to $200,000 price range is our houses in yeah. our town. That's a medium income. That's a nice neighborhood. You can get some nice school districts there. That's kind of how we build our business so we can have that type of customer and I can have the lifestyle that I want. Yeah. It's un- very unfortunate. But so often now, more people than you might like to believe are paycheck to paycheck. They have no reserve. I'm impressed that you can find that many renters that have that reserve and are that responsible. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is just to brag a little bit, it's word of mouth. I think once tenants, not all the time, most of the time hang out with other people that are renting or it's an aunt, uncle or cousin, somebody. And once you have good, nice properties and you take care of people, you get a good reputation and the good, better people want to look for you. And I think we got a lot of word of mouth going because we've been around for a little over a decade now. And I think we treat people very well. Yes, no doubt. That's, yeah, your reputation is extremely important. Huge. And so I guess typical, I know you're doing three-year leases. So do you find that most people will stay that three years or are they leaving early? A lot of people will stay longer and that's who I want. So yeah, our goal is we're kind of seeing this now with, I got a property manager just kind of seeing this with him. The nice houses we have, they're staying around five or six years. We got some seven, eight-year tenants, but now they're starting to buy houses, and which I think is great. And so we send out newsletters and we, we have credit repair and we help them if they can buy a house, help them buy a house, and then we'll get somebody else in there. 
And then with Show Me the Rental, what I love about it is I can actually, because I have good relationships with my tenants, my customers, I can show the house while they're still living there. And so I like getting the house rented before the other people even move out. And with me helping them along the whole way of this whole process of them buying a house, they're more than willing to help me and get somebody in there and talk good about me and tell them I'm a good guy and we got a good business and we get to rent it before they even move out, which is a great deal. You're really providing a good service to them. They're able to rent and you're going to help them repair their credit and help them actually get into a house. That's really great. It's creative too. So you know they're going to move and buy a house eventually anyway if they're that type of tenant. Yes. Yeah, and they should. Yeah. And so that way, at least you're helping them and they are really helping you re-rent the place. Yeah. And one thing we do too for finances is we, I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. I don't like everything he says, but I do like a lot about what he says about getting out of debt, paying cash for stuff, knowing where your money's going. And so we send out newsletters every quarter and Dave Ramsey principles are in there. Our credit repair guys are in there. We just kind of send them stuff to just stay in their head about, we want to help you and we want to help you get a house because that's what everybody wants. You shouldn't pay rent your entire life. That's kind of silly unless there's a reason, which I don't know, but you want to help them do better. That's the goal. That's the name of the game. So you're sending the monthly newsletter, just kind of helping educate them. Yes. Yep. Any other ways that you provide? I mean, I don't know many landlords that send a newsletter to their tenants like that. That's impressive. Any other ways that you provide value to them, build that relationship and help them as well? We just try to help them and do, I like the golden rule. I like to treat people how I want to be treated. And business is a lot funner when you don't have to worry about all the snakes in the grass and you still get some bad seeds come through. But for the most part, it's a lot happier life when you're dealing with people on the up and up and not trying to pinch every penny and do every deal and try to make every single dime. When you help people, I feel like you get a lot more in return and you get a lot more deals, a lot more everything that way. Yeah. So tell me about, you know, show me the rental, your software that you've created. Tell me what that does for us and why that's important. So what we created, I call it the one-stop shop. So we create an online system. It advertises on all the major websites, generates leads, pre-screens the leads, and then it automates the showings. And then the goal is to turn those leads into paid applications. And you sit back and watch. And as applications come in, we do stop after you get your application. And then you screen the tenant how you screen your tenants. We looked into that, but there's just people do things a lot different. Strategies are a lot different. But we have about 25 to 30 questions you can pre-choose. They You choose. And then just say, for instance, the example would be is you put it on Show Me the Rental. It syndicates out to Zillow. They get on Zillow, see your house, they inquire about setting up an appointment. When they inquire about it, we will send them a link to all the pre-screening questions about the house and the property and all that fun stuff. And then they'll answer the questions. And if they qualify, they go see it. If they don't, it says they're not qualified to see the house. And you got to tell them, sit down and do the five, 10 minute conversation about, I got a three bedroom house. And then they want to tell you their life story and blah, blah, blah. And nobody, and not that I've don't like it. I don't have time to do all that. I just, I want the qualified people to go look at the house. Once you like it, here's a link for the application, fill it out. And then I'll talk to you from there or my manager will talk to you from there. That's nice. And even when you're, you're not even having a conversation with them until they've even filled out an application. I do not talk to ten at all. I don't want to talk to them. No, there's no sense in it. You kind of wasted your time. Yeah. Yeah. And so even those questions, you said that uh, we can select those questions. Is that right? Yes. Now we have it to where uh, we have about 25, 30 questions. And you go, and they're all yes, no answers, money, why you'll have money questions, stuff like that. And then they go in and you pick the answer and they got to select it correctly. And then that's it. Very simple little process. Yeah, and how does it automate the showing? So there's several different ways to show the property. So in our town, we use lock boxes. And so it'll send them a lock box code. You can also set it up by appointment. If some people like showing it, 
So you have a calendar they get to see and you get to see and they'll pick a time and then schedule it that way. I said earlier, if there's a tenant in the house, you can schedule it with the tenant already in the house. We have it to where if you do an office and they come to your office, sign out a key. It'll give them instructions to come to your office, what they got to bring and sign out a key and we'll go from there. And open houses is another way if you want to show it that way. There's you know four or five different ways to show it. Okay. So if we had a lockbox on there or even in an apartment community, if we had a lockbox on there, I mean, they could go and it's just going to give them the code to the lockbox. Is that right? Correct. Yes. And we're going to capture. So the cool thing is too, uh, we do a, it's called a cross-reference database system. And so what that does is if say a tenant inquires about one of my houses, but doesn't qualify, but Whitney has a house on there that they do qualify for, it'll automatically send them over there, which is very cool because tenants, Big thing about our system that I really love is everybody builds stuff for property managers. There's not a lot of businesses out there that build stuff for the tenant or the customer who they're the ones we really want to attract because they're the ones, if we make them happy, we're going to be happy because we're going to have a ton of them coming in. And so what we do now is we advertise on Facebook and some basically Facebook and we, they fill out what we call a customer profile. And what they'll do is go in and they'll answer all the questions and they'll pick the locations they want. And as soon as you put your house up, up on the market, we're going to send all those people already in our system to your house. And it's just going to start running through that whole system. But yeah, back to your question, they'll get a lockbox code and then they'll go out to the property, get into the house and or to the apartment. And then after that, we'll send them a link to an application and we will collect their name, their phone number, their email, all their information from there. Nice. And so I guess my concern would be, obviously I'm letting them into the house, but nobody's there to see what they're doing or, you know, if they're no good or, you know, if they're letting other people in or giving other people that code, how do you, I guess, uh, keep that from happening? So that's a great question. And so my thought is, but if somebody wants to get in your house, that lockbox isn't going to stop them. If somebody wants to get into anywhere, it's not going to stop them. If they're going to go through the whole trouble of giving me their name, their email, their phone number, pre-screening questions, in my mind, I can track them from there. I have all the information. Uh, we're comfortable with that. Yeah. Okay. If you don't like the lockbox code, you can do by appointment also, sign out a key. You can do different ways. We are comfortable with it because the houses are everywhere on the market. I mean, if they want to look at a house, they can get on Zillow and look at 400 rentals in their area right now and just drive by and go from there. So that doesn't bother me. I know what you're saying, but it just doesn't. I understand. No, I understand your point. Now that you've almost solved this problem, maybe you have solved it, especially for yourself um, and, and for lots of people now as well that use this software. What's the next problem in management that you're looking to solve? It's a great question. I have weekly meetings with my, I have two people on staff. So I actually have two virtual assistants and one property manager. We meet once a week. What we're working on now is accountability. So a lot of times I'm too nice to my staff and we have weekly agendas. And if something's not getting done as fast as I want, I'm not holding people accountable enough in my business to make sure things are getting done with timelines on there and dates to get them done on time. And so that's what I'm working on now is making sure when we have a meetings, I want to get out of the meeting, let them run the meeting, and they just tell me what we're doing and what's going on. And then I want to spend time doing what I want to do. And so that's kind of the biggest thing I'm working on now in my business. Nice. And how are you doing that? How are you adding those timelines and tracking all this stuff? So I got a book I thought I had in my office called Traction. I've been reading a book called mm. Traction. And they talk about this. And the problem is, I understand it, but to implement it, it's taking more time than I want it to. Because I got people on my staff, they're like family. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, so that's kind of our business. Is I want high-integrity people on my staff. I want people that are smarter than me, which is not hard to do. Just life comes up with them. They all have kids. They all have families and stuff happens. And so I'm not on them too hard. And they don't make a lot of excuses. Just say two to three weeks is taking like a month and a half. Well, I want things to get done a little bit faster. So I'm working on a nice way to 
and you're setting your ways for so long to go in and change something rapidly can cause a lot of friction and problems. So I'm trying to figure out a way to implement that in a smooth transition. I just haven't cracked that nut yet. I don't know how to say that right. Oh, that's just, awesome. I've heard nothing but great things about that book and sounds like it's helped you to at least get the ball rolling to creating some of these systems and improving. I recommend it for any entrepreneur or small business owner. It has a lot of great points in it. What would you say, Cliff, has been the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I would say I'm going to give two things, mentors and education. So I love to learn. I like learning. I like traveling. I go to a lot of seminars every year. There's certain speakers out there I really like listening to and talking to. And so right now I'm big on tax-free investing. So I like Roth IRAs. I'm big. I've just learned about a solo 401ks. And so I really enjoy traveling around with my family. We go to these classes and they're playing while I'm in this class, but that's okay most of the time. Um, but, you know, I like learning and I like, I think education is key. And then getting those people around you that are smarter than you that you trust. And I like the older guys. I, older guys, to me, they have nothing to hide. They really like helping you. They've already made it. So it gives, I think it helps them giving back. And so that's what I do. And I spend a lot of time, I'm a sponge. I know one of my mentors told me, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. And I actually tell that to my kids. Stop talking and listen. And you can learn a lot more by listening than you can by talking. It's pick up on those little things. Some good advice right there. Uh, no doubt that we don't take enough. Yes. Cliff, how do you like to give back? So my favorite thing is there's a couple of charities I donate to. There's a new charity I just found called Kiva. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Mm-hmm. What you do is you loan money to these small businesses and they have to repay it back. You help them get started. And then once they start making money, they have to pay back that loan. And then you give it to somebody else and you just keep recycling the money. I started into that. It was very cool. And the big thing I like doing is I enjoy helping like my staff. I've helped them buy rental houses. Cousin quit his job. He's doing real estate full time now. I like kind of giving back and showing people what I do and just helping them kind of reach their lifestyle, the dreams that they want. And I think that's a lot of fun. It's awesome. The other thing we're starting to do is mission trips. So I got five kids and me and my wife talk with a lot. My kids, I come from humble beginnings. They do not so much. And so I worry about this a lot on, I call them survival skills. Me and my wife talk, my kids don't have survival skills. So if they push came to shove and they had to live on Vienna sausages and Raymond noodles and actually survive, I don't know if they could do that. So we think about this so we can leave like a legacy and they know, they understand how hard it is to get where we are. This isn't, I shouldn't say normal, but we live pretty comfortably and it's hard work. And I want them to understand that that hard work goes a long way. And so we're going to start trying to do mission trips next year and go to some of these countries and help build houses and get back and kind of see what it's like to struggle because they don't know, which is not a bad thing. Every parent wants their kid to not have to grow up too fast. Then you worry about making sure they understand how life works. So that's kind of where we're at now with our journey. No, I appreciate you sharing that a lot. I look forward to the day where we can take our kids on some mission trips as well and for a lot for the same reasons, but yeah, but to give back in a big way. Cliff, thank you so much for how you've just laid out the importance of screening those tenants and ways that you've done this and been successful and really putting your priorities in check and creating that time that you can be with your family and your kids. And that's why we work so hard anyway, right? But then somehow we lose that focus, don't we? We get so caught up and I appreciate you discussing that and mentioning the book Traction. I've heard nothing but great things about that. But also like how you're also mentoring others to be successful in real estate. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about your business and your software. Yeah, of course. And by the way, too, I appreciate you having me on your show. This is very fun. I just got into podcasts and they're very cool. I like them and meet new people. But if they want to get a hold of me, you can visit showmetherental.com. You can also email me anytime at 
cliff, C-L-I-F-F, at showmetherental.com. And then you can call me. I answer my phones usually between 12 and 1 and 4 and 5. If I don't call you back that day, I'll try to call you back the next day. But you can reach me at 502-641-8781. Again, 502-641-8781. I like how you even had the time that this is when I answer the phone. I love (laughs) that. You got to because you got to block that schedule where you just get overwhelmed with nonstop distractions and can't get much done. That's awesome. Cliff, thank you again. I really appreciate you and your time being on the show, sharing your expertise with our listeners. And I hope the listeners will reach out to Cliff. I hope you also go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me. Go to the Facebook group, The Real Estate Syndication Show, so we can all learn from experts like Cliff and grow our businesses together. And I hope you're sharing the show. I hope you'll be listening tomorrow. So we'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.